Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Microphone Therapy. I said that really fast. I like how you did that. Good we're, pitch. We're uh, we're without Joe the, for the second show, and that's okay. He'll be back, hopefully. Joe, come on back. Yeah, come back, Joe. Come, come on. Come hey, home. Joe, I'm sitting in your chair right now. Yeah. Mike, too. Uh, for everybody out there smoking pot right now, Reefer Madness, it is 420. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. Well. By the time they, <laughs> by the time this episode is out, uh, no. not anymore. But you, you, you smokers will still be smoking. Yeah, and uh, that's fine. Four twenty at four twenty on four twenty. I, uh, I'm not a fan. You? I am not. No, I um, I've tried it, and I just can't get into it. No, you know, I get paranoid. I, I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah, I never tried it as a kid. I never had a want or you know a need. Now I just, I'm like, oh my God, the phone rang. I will jump under the couch, <laughs> eat something, and take a paranoid nap. Yeah. Joe used to be the same way, like, before. So when when the whole concept of the legality of marijuana was starting here in California, and Joe and I were talking about it, he's like, yeah, I get these weird thoughts in my head. We've talked about it on the show. And I'd be like, well, that's that's weird. I mean, it shouldn't be doing that. Oh, because he, he partaked? Yeah, when he was younger. And he would get these, you get the, you get the, uh, the Charles Manson fucking <laughs> thoughts in his head. Like you can murder everybody in this room and not give a shit. Like he has a Sharpie and he's like, is it a pentagram on my forehead or a swastika? I can't remember. A number four. Right. And, um, and he, he's like, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And then a couple of years ago he tried it and he liked it. And, and then, you know, it went on from there. And the other thing, you know, it's not that Joe is. And I'm. And this is a total defense, but not a defense. Joe really hurt his back uh, at a job and fucked it up to the point where he was having problems walking. Mm. And and that's and that was a catalyst for this entire thing that Joe's going through with with uh, getting healthy and 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 uh, becoming a better person. Sure, you know. It was just that one little thing, and I got pissed off for him. I'm like, why? Why did you do that? Why did you take on that responsibility at this job? You know, he's all, well, the other person didn't want to do it because of this. Um, he was mowing. He was mowing the back forty for a company, and that, and part of his job is he was a um a lot porter, mm-hmm. and he he slipped or he turned wrong, and he fucked up his back while he was mowing the back forty. And that led into, I mean, he missed like a, a year of work over it and he had to go through physical therapy and all this other stuff. So in, in that time, I was just like, well, why don't you try this? You know, I told him, I said, well, try and smoke pot or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to do it. And then he did. He was just like, this is totally different than what I've had before. I'm like. The different varieties. Yeah. So, Sativa or there's some other thing. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Again, I'm not, but I, I've got friends that, that um, contribute to the uh they 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 they're they're the uh they grow it and then you know the companies buy it from that's what i mean so this is this is the (laughs) this is what's weird so like going back for me to like the early 90s so like i was old enough to to drive and there was pot and back then it was you either had uh like mexican bammer weed or you had the chronic you know what (laughs) i mean there was i mean there was a couple different varieties that people talked about but that's all you were getting your hands on right so if you and your buddies could scrape together 20 bucks, then you could get a bag of weed, right? Yeah, get a lid or whatever. Yeah, or whatever it was. And, and you know, you can all sit around and smoke some pot and get high. Maybe you had a bong or a pipe or maybe you rolled a joint or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. It was fun. And you, and you got stoned, but not like the stuff now because now they have all these different varieties and things have been cloned. And the weirdest part is now it's like totally acceptable. So like in 1992, if I was driving around on my Firebird and we got pulled over and somebody had some pot, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and we're like trying to like stuff it down the side of the yeah. seat or something Hide it quickly because we're gonna get in a lot of fucking trouble and, and now nobody gives a fuck yeah so th- but this is my problem with it is like and I, I have no problem with weed but what's weird is it's become so acceptable like so if i went to work right and like so i've had a couple drinks tonight but if, if i showed up to work with you in construction and you're like well clay's had a couple drinks with vodka in it then you wouldn't want to work with me that day because you'd be like this guy's fucking dangerous right well it depends on well, you wouldn't I, want because I mean I know people that do that. Well, so but, it for me 
it's not that big of a deal. But I don't, and right, I take right. it very seriously. Right. I would never do that. And but what's weird? But some is, people can handle their 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 drink. So, but what I'm what I'm pointing out though is pause so acceptable now that it's like, and this happens a lot in construction. There are guys that like at lunchtime all of a sudden you smell pot, right? And right. like somebody's getting stoned, and then you and then it's maybe they're on your crew, or maybe they're with another trade, and then they're doing something, right? They're painting, or they're hanging drywall or they're running a skill saw and you're like how how could you be stoned and you're at work and you couldn't wait till after super hyper focused and and for them maybe but not for me so i i can't uh well there's so many different strains of pot that some of them help you get hyper focused some of them help you relax i'm just like why can't you wait till after work yeah there's there's one i do there's one that um when I was, I have psoriasis and I had a really bad one year and, and I, I got some, it's the, essentially it's, uh, it's the knockout, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whatever the three strikes or whatever they fucking called it. And I took, I, I smoked it. I smoked a bowl of it. Fucking no, I, I got like hyper, hyper focused. Oh, really? I, like, I gotta, I gotta do stuff. Huh. I gotta do all the things. I've never had it. It's never but had I just that sat, effect on me. I literally just sat in my chair and just started thinking about all the shit I wanted to do, you right. know? And I'm like, I gotta go get this done. I gotta get this. Like, I'm gonna go fucking edit this podcast and do this. And it was also, it was also Thanksgiving that yeah. night. So me and my brother got fucking baked. Right. And then we went upstairs and like, we tried to keep it like, on the down low, you know, like two kids, right? They, they they're trying to get away with something. We're just sitting there at the table, just kind of looking at each other and smiling and smirking and kind of giggling, right? You know, and everybody's like, "Is everything okay?" Like, "Oh yeah, everything's fine," right? You know, <laughs> just eating all the food. I guess for me, that was the fun part in my youth is that you're getting uh, together with some buddies, you know, and yeah. you're and you're getting kind of silly. And maybe you're watching a movie or whatever you're doing, or maybe you start telling jokes and you're cracking up and, you know, you just feel good for a couple hours and then you have something to eat and you're fine. Yeah. And my, and my brain, my brain works in a way that I think that when I, when I do imbibe, like with alcohol, I get fucked up and I want to get fucked up. So that's why I don't drink anymore. Okay. Or, you know, I mean, I can't say I don't drink, but I don't drink to the excess that I used to. And I just turned into a fucking asshole and I got tired of that and the hangovers and whatever else. And nobody wants to be around a fucking dick anyways. Right. Especially when they're drinking, you know. So now, like, if I drink, I'm back to that normal, that normal happy. Someone can enjoy a drink. Yeah. I, I can I can hang out and I can, you know, I get a nice buzz going on. I get a nice attitude again, you know, because right. I, I just, I don't want to be angry. So I'm I'm actually hyper focused when I'm drinking to not be a dick. And right, and just be fucking just just you know maintain type right. of thing, and uh, that that was prevalent like um because we went on vacation went to Mexico a couple of years back and like the first couple of days I'm like I'm not gonna I don't want to drink and then then like one day I got I got like a waking hangover because I had we had like fucking eighty six beers between four of us it was right. fucking crazy but right. I was just such in a good mood and there was no you know no burden no problems no nothing we just hanging out and I'm just like yeah this is how I want to be when I'm drinking this right. is how I should be you know instead of that fucking dark brooding asshole that you know nobody cares nobody cares about dark brooding asshole Mike. So my buddy Travis cracks me up. He's like an older brother that I never had, you know, and he doesn't drink anymore. He's been sober for like, fuck, I think almost like 20 years or something. Right. So when I met him, uh, 15 years ago, he, he was already, he was on his sober thing, you know, for a couple of years or if not more. So, but he, he would tell me, and he knows that I drink. I mean, there was times when I was staying with him and I'd like, I like one night I went out and, uh, I got so fucked up and I was like, like basically wearing all black and black cowboy boots. And I was so fucked up when I got back to his house and his daughter Carly had been drawing all over the bricks with that like pink and blue uh-huh. Easter color chalk. Right. And I just couldn't fucking make it inside the house that night. It's like I got back and so he comes out the next morning. I basically blacked out, right? So he comes out the next morning and he's like watering the plants or something. I don't know. And he's like, good morning, poo-poo. And he's <laughs> And he's cracking up because he's been there at some point, yeah, you know? We've all been there. And I'm like, so now instead of black, I am like, uh, like I've been rolling around out on these bricks all night. Ugh, and I'm like, so this chalk is like all over me. He's like, you get enough to drink last night? <laughs> but the fucking stories he tells me of like when he lived in Reno and he drank for years and years and years. And he yeah. was like, I had to stop because he felt like he was fucking his life up, right? Yeah. But it, the stories he tells me, 
about when he drank or I'm not going to go in them right now, but they're fucking hilarious. I'll tell you one real quick. So he had this big like monster truck and it was like red with, it was like a Chevy and the, the bed was shortened and he was working at super shops and he was working in construction, but he hurt his back. So like he's working at super shops and he's putting all this money into this truck. And I forget what happened. Maybe he had gone back into construction and he lived in one of these apartment complexes where you park, like you park in a carport, but it's under the, like it's under the bedrooms of the apartment. You ever seen a place yeah, like yeah. that? Like yeah, maybe yeah. like Auburn greens or something. Yeah. So he went, I used to live in an apartment complex in LA that the, the um, the garages were underneath the apartment complex. It was exactly. like two or three story apartments. Exactly. You know? it's exactly like that. Yeah, so, yeah. so like he wakes up the next morning after several hundred beers, is how he put it, and he's and he hears like this, and he's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and the way he does it is so funny because it's like you can just picture it, like like his head is just throbbing, right? Like he's so massive hangover, dehydrated and hungover, and like just like when you're just mad and annoyed about everything. So finally. <laughs> so he sits down on his couch, I think, and he like starts watching Transformers or whatever, you know what I mean? And he like has a couple more beers, right? Right. So he's starting to feel better and he's still hearing the wom 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 and it's like kind of like a deflective echoey like it's fucking it, low rumble. Finally he's like, "What the fuck is that?" So he goes outside and walks down the stairs and so his truck is running with the door open and the stereo on, and it's like he just basically couldn't get his truck off, and it's been running for, like, however many hours now into the next morning. He's like, oh, that's my truck. <laughs> <laughs> and he has, like, 10 or 15 stories like that that are just fucking funny as shit. But yeah. anyways, real quick, my buddy Dalton, I talked to you about him a little bit. Uh-huh. He's 19, and uh, I got to plug this kid a little bit. He's working with me in construction. He's doing a fucking great job. Uh, he's a millennial. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was, I don't know if it was like embarrassment or if I thought it would be like trife to put on the podcast, you know what I mean? Because I didn't want to be like, well, listen to this, but you know, and we'll get into this, but the morning shows are so fucking bad that one day I just turned one on. So I look over and he's always really quiet in the morning, you know, and I look over and he's fucking cracking up and he's like, I want to hear more of this. And he's so I said, and he's like, where can I find these? uh, Where can I find these podcasts that you're doing? And I said, well, are you, are you on Facebook? And he's like, no. And I was like, well, then I don't know where. <laughs> you can find these. So, and I should probably start putting the links in with the descriptions and whatnot. But um, you can find the show. It's simple. Uh, Joe and Mike show on Spotify. Uh, Cinescape magazine. C-I-N-E-S-C-A-P-E magazine. You just, or it's real simple. Go to Google and type in a couple of average Joes and you'll see Cinescape magazine as like the third link to our YouTube channel. And the couple of average Joes channel in and of itself is something completely different. That was something that Joe and I are working on, but we, we had, we abandoned it because for now talking about what we used to talk about is this, um, all the shit that was happening with, you know, uh, child molestation and these fucking turds that, uh, that, essentially we're just bad, bad, bad people. And it's dark and it's not fun. I don't want to, and I, I, I had to stop. Uh, I don't know how Joe felt about that, but it felt like I was doing all of it. Mm-hmm. And this is nothing against Joe. It felt like I was doing all of it. And Joe was just like, mm-hmm, yep. You know, mm-hmm, yep. And there was no, there was no room for dialogue or discussion. It was just like a news story and Joe just going, mm-hmm, yep. And it's not fair to Joe. Right. Absolutely not fair to Joe. And it works better when we just have this, like an open forum discussion. Sure. You know, we talk about movies or anything of, of you know, of mind. Like we right. were talking about um, outside when we were just talking about uh, morning shows. Right. And like, I can't, I can't stand morning shows anymore because every one of them is the same format and the same process, which is just two guys and some girl and they're talking about this and that. And what it comes down to is, you know, it the way that program directors and the way that radio stations are set up, they're not set up for the most part to want to be successful in terms of having a good morning show that doesn't suck. And everything is just fake. It's, right. It's all fake. The phone scans, the phone scans, you know, when the, the fucking DJ calls and says, hi, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fucking, what is it? Uh, hi, I need to, I need to ship a, I need to ship a box. Oh, well, well what's in the box? 
where are we going with this? Oh, thank you for calling FedEx. <laughs> Hi, I'm trying to uh, to uh, to ship a box. It's, it weighs about eight pounds. And um, uh, so uh, what's in the box? Uh, it's a head. Well, I, I don't I don't know if we can do that. Um, I have to tell. Let me call my supervisor and see if we can do something like that. All right, uh, you go ahead and call your supervisor, and then uh, let's see if we can do this because I I have to really get this out to to California because USC really needs a head for you know for 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 their movie props department. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I uh, I got back to my uh, my supervisor and they said that uh, we can't do human body parts because it's a uh, it's illegal. Oh well, that's bullshit. And then they just <laughs> they just cut to a fucking. Well, Except they can't say you can't bullshit. You can't say bullshit on the air. Can't say bullshit. You're a fucking dick. Right. So then they get on to they just go on to whatever. <laughs> and that's that's the phone scam because really what they do is they hire actors to play plants. Yeah, to, to play uh, the, when you hear them dial the phone or whatever, and then you know, oh, thank you for calling FedEx. And all that all that happens all the time. You can't you can't do that. It's illegal to make a phone call to somebody and then do this scam, right? And then they have people that call in, so they'll do these these phone calls off air, and these people will call in, and then they'll do these interviews or these discussions with people, and then they'll edit the discussions down, and then they'll add in their their rebuttal or they'll add in their own little their funny bullshit right and make it sound like it's it's an actual phone call that they're taking from some random listener you know so at two o'clock in the afternoon you just touched on something i wasn't aware of now you're making me think of and i've heard about like where uh i don't know what fucking bullshit morning or afternoon show afternoon show show. where they like catch people cheating oh yeah so uh yeah, I'm calling because my husband's been cheating on me, and um, <laughs> no, I haven't. And uh, I, I caught, I caught the the phone records. I was going through his phone and I was reading through, and oh my god, it was so disgusting. And <laughs> oh well, let's call, let's call your husband, you know, and get him on the phone. Do, do, do you think that's a really good idea? Should we do that? Yeah, let's let's do that. Come on. <laughs> I'll be the husband. So, um, okay, then no, no, we'll do that. Ring, 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 husband. Come on, husband. <laughs> Hello? Hi. So, uh, I caught you cheating. No. Yes. Yes, you Wait, were, who is you, this? You, Mom? You were cheating. I, I went through your phone records. Mom, no, no is, I wasn't. This is your wife, Molly. Oh, Molly. And, uh, and, uh. No, this isn't Molly. Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> well, you don't sound like you, Molly. <laughs> I, I have a cold. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you talking about the drug, Molly? Because I'm on that right now. No, it's just Molly, your wife. I'm not a, I'm not cheating on you, baby. I just have a substance abuse problem. Not even married. Oh, that's right. God <laughs> damn it. Sorry, Jennifer. Yeah. yeah, this is just some just some actor that they hired to, to do this bullshit. All right, so what's my royal what's my point percentage on this? Am I getting royalties or uh, maybe some free uh, gift certificates to Subway in Auburn, New yeah. Raleigh's. Yeah. And, and and what they do is they, so there's a service called Prepper. Well, there used to be a service called Prepper, but it's a phone it's a it's a radio prep service and you pay for it and they have all these 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 dumb one-liners and ideas to get the show started, you know, it's it's a prep service for shows. And then they have things like, you know, celebrity interviews, like you can hear there's a there's an Alan Alda one. And then they have all of these things that happen. So when you have a radio show, they essentially will buy this crap and play it on their show. And every morning show does this. They play the same exact crap. It may not be the same day, but it'll be within like two weeks because they have a daily prep thing. Mm-hmm. So it's celebrity interviews, it's prep services, it's jokes. I looked up one. Oh God, I was I was so embarrassed by the stupidity of the. Um, <laughs> it's basically a commercial, and I'll have to look it up here. But uh, it's 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 about a grill you know, and how to grill stuff properly and making a joke out of, you know, what you're not supposed to grill and putting things on it. It's and and then they actually have a suggestion for the DJ to add in his own little uh what do you call it? improvisation mm. at the end as a joke, you know. Yeah. Or you could buy our service you could buy this great grill at, you know, your local Home Depot for eleven ninety nine. Make so- sure you do that. So for us in the greater Sacramento area, we we haven't had a lot to choose from. 
In terms of what? Well, I mean, we've got Rob, anyone, and Dawn. Ugh. We had Mark and Brian. You said you weren't a fan of Mark and Brian. I've never been a fan of Mark and Brian. But that that was what syndicated out of somewhere else or something or Mark and Brian was an LA radio show that was syndicated. They weren't bad. They were just they're just safe. They're yeah. safe. Yeah. So they don't suck. They're not they're not great, but they had some they had some really good things. They had some great interviews. You know, they they knew how to do that, but for the most part as a morning show, again, it's just it's safe. Who who do they interview? Oh God! They've interviewed all kinds of people. All kind of Gary Hoey. They used to do the uh, the Christmas radio special, and that was really cool because they would have concerts. Yeah, they've interviewed every every musician from Van Halen to ZZ Top. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I uh, I I I cannot stand Dog and Joe anymore. It's awful. I I remember them vaguely from '98 mm. Rock. Although you, you're saying they're in the afternoon, I feel like I was f- hearing them in the evening, maybe. Yeah, they they did the like the uh, afternoon drive, evening drive. Now tell the story on why they are <clears throat> no longer at ninety eight Rock. From what I understand, they had a problem with the morning show. Rob Arnie and or not Arnie anymore. Yeah, I, Rob anyone. I don't give that show any um, any. Uh, uh, Lip service. Yeah. I, uh, they are the show that cannot be named. So one thing I've heard them refer to, and we're going back to uh, Dog and Joe, and now they're including, uh, what's her name? Dana? Dana. And explain what a hole is, because this cracked me up. It's sexist as fuck if I'm understanding it right. It's called the hole. And the hole is essentially, like if you listen to um, Opie and Anthony, like mm-hmm. the old Opie and Anthony. Opie and Anthony did uh, Jocktober. They used to do Jocktober. And these they were bits. They were like, they're like half hour to an hour bits where all throughout October they would listen to shows and how bad they were. Now they never had they never had Rob Arnie and Don on, but they did have like Lamont and Tonelli, if you know who Lamont and Tonelli are. I don't. Jack Diamond, who is an East Coast radio guy. Okay. Uh, and all these other morning shows, which were essentially the same. They had Bubba the Love Sponge. And so they're having them onto their show. Yeah. And you're you're talking Opie and Anthony now. Yeah. And I still don't even know who they are. Opie and Anthony was a morning uh yeah, a morning show and they got kicked off the radio for doing this thing called Sex for Sam. Mm-hmm. And then they came back to Sirius XM two years later and built up their own show. They can do whatever they want. On and there. then, yeah, uh, well, they were on XM and then Sirius XM merged. And then uh, Anthony got fired and it became just Opie and Jim. Why and did why time. did Anthony get fired? Anthony got fired for a series of tweets because he was assaulted in New York Times by a black female, uh, a prostitute who... Um, when he went home, he was pissed and just, he went. He berated her. Oh my God. It was, it was some of the most darkest, funniest shit, but he was drunk too. Right. And he admits it. He was like, this is, you know, this is, I so, made a mistake. And, and then they, fi- they fired him over those tweets and he started his own thing called Anthony, the, it's called Compound Media. Um, Anthony, Anthony Cumia is a guy that as a comedian, he's a comedian, he's not a comedian, but he's a comedian's comedian type of guy. Okay. He can get on stage and do a set. He, he's never been a comedian and fucking kill, not all the time, but for the most part, kill a room. And he's it's fucking he Just good. get up there and yeah. say whatever's on his mind? Yeah. and Not like pre-scripted or? It, absolutely. He's really, really good at, at just off-the-cuff stuff. And he's he does great impressions. One of his best impressions is is uh, Andrew Dice Clay. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't do an impression of Andrew Dice Clay. He becomes Andrew Dice Clay. Okay. He's so fucking good at impressions. And then he's he's just a funny guy. And he in my opinion, Anthony needs an environment where because the other person that was on the show is Jim Norton, who's a comedian. That name sounds familiar. Anthony needs Jim Norton and. And a mouthpiece to play off of to play off of. So he needs he needs an OP type of person to run the board and to come up with the with with whatever and just let Anthony and Jim do their thing and bounce and stuff back and fucking forth and just kill. They were so good that I I actually had I turned my mom onto that show and now she still listens to Jim and Sam because she loves Jim Norton and Jim Norton's one of the fucking the dirtiest goddamn comedians out there and he does he does these weird he does this chip chip. Chipperson character, which Chip Chipperson was just just like a an idiot. He's an idiot savant type of guy, and it turned into it being a parody of of Opie. 
Okay. You know, and I, you know, I, I'm not going to do it any justice. If you go and listen to the Chip Chipperson podcast, you'll understand if you listen to Opie radio. But if you don't get the inside jokes, you can just do some Google search on Chip Chipperson and find out what's going right, on. We're going to have to, you're going to have to tell me about some of this after the, the cast and I'll start uh, checking some of the shit out. Um, you may, you were talking about comedians and you said Anthony. Did you ever see any of the Anthony Jeselnik stuff? Uh, I have seen some of the Anthony Jeselnik stuff. He's pretty dark. I'm just trying to find this whole this, this thing on why. So back to the Dog and Joe show, and they were on 98 Rock, and they left that place, and my wife actually told me about it. They've been doing this for four years now, they said today. Their anniversary is coming up, and they referred to 98 Rock as the meth lab. Have you ever heard him say that? <laughs> What is that all about? <laughs> is it just gritty as fuck over there or what? Um, I don't know what's going on. Like, I've been to 98 Rock. I've had friends that work at 98 Rock. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've never, I've been, I've been inside. It's, it's, where not, is the, is it down off near Arden still or? No, it was never near Arden. Oh, it it's, never was? It's off of Madison. Oh, Madison, Madison. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's still down off Madison. It's uh, next to uh, the MTI school okay. of technology or whatever it is. All right. But, so they leave because they had a problem with Rob, Arnie, and Don, or Rob, anyone, and Don. You said, "What right. is the what is the backstory on that? Do you know about it?" I'm trying to find out what's going on with the why. From what I understand, Dog left because of Rob, Arnie, and Don, and he he just doesn't get along. He never got along with them, and just thought that their shit was exactly that. It's shit, and it is shit radio and. Yeah, that, and then uh, there was another one. So going back real quick to what is a hole? Okay, so a hole is any person, any because you can have a male hole or a female hole in the show, right? They they are the ones that, and as I'll, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to steal a bit from Anthony Cumia here. Okay, they're the ones that take that rusted fucking brake on a train and just pull the lever, and just the train just comes to a stop. Okay, okay, as you hear it screeching, right. Now, with their pretentiousness or in in no, in they what just way? stop the radio show completely by saying, "Oh, come on, oh now, yeah, come on, guys." They 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 are they are the Buzz Killingtons okay. of the show. Okay, so they're in in program directors put them in place specifically for that, so it doesn't get out of control. Right. So like they have, start running with something and it gets illicit or something. Yeah. And DJ should know how to handle that. Right. You know, and then they think it's diversity. Program directors think it's diversity. It's adding to the show. It's, it's, uh, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, reaching out, not reaching out. It's trying to get women to listen or whoever to listen. But in the most part, they're trying to get that. That demographic, the right. woman demographic. Right. Instead of just letting the show be the show. Okay. You know, and nine times, like if you listen to half the morning shows, it doesn't fucking work. Right. Especially like the morning show with Rob Arnie and Don. It's just Don cackling. Yeah. I've never. And thought, she's yeah. annoying as fuck. Yeah, she is. And, sh- and she's not the only one. You know, and like I said, you can have men and you can have you can have men holes, too, where they're just like, oh, come on. Oh, that's not what are you doing? Right. You know, and just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's uh, it's safe radio. So we we talked about so that they can safe play radio. So we talked about this outside. Like we can say whatever the fuck we want on here. Pretty much. Yeah. We can say fuck every five seconds. We can say this guy stole Joe's boobs, last name. nipples, tits, cunt. They can't get away with that on the the morning show. If they could, would it be any better? No. Now, look, I mean, radio, I think if you have a really good morning show and you're not swearing and fucking this, that, fuck all the time, Mm -hmm. like, this is fine because it's just us talking. But if you are doing a morning radio show and you have to look for alternatives to saying those words, ultimately you become a stronger talker. So it's like PG. Yeah. More to the imagination. I mean, you could use like F or S or ass or whatever, boobs and this and that. But, you know, if you have to search for a better way to talk, ultimately you become better at monologuing or dialogue or whatever okay. else. Right. That doesn't make you better at doing the job. It just right. makes you better at searching out different terms for what you want to say. And in the case of this, this is people are just naturally 
potty mouth. Right. In my opinion. Right. You know, even even the most upright citizen will say shit. Right. I there was an old guy. So there was a guy that that stopped at my gas station. He had a flat tire. And he wanted to pump up his tire. And I looked at his tire. I'm like, that's that's going to take forever. You're better off calling like, you know, AAA, AAA. or whoever yeah. to have him come out and fix the tire. And the guy comes out and fixed the tire. And I, I came out to check on him because he's an older guy. And I wanted to make sure that everything was okay and that if he needed like water or anything, I'd just go get him water and, and just make sure. Because it took like two and a half, three hours for fucking the, the service, the, the road service sh- to show up. Okay. Which is weird because on an average day when I'm working, AAA shows up or one of the one of the um the the freeway rescue teams shows sure. up, you know, those yellow trucks at my store two to three times a day. Right. They didn't show up at all, which is really weird. So I, I just went out and checked on him to make sure he was okay. If he needed anything, then he wanted phone Again, calls people, or whatever. People, customer service. Yeah, exactly. And as as he's rolling the tire, as as the guy from you know whatever service he used was rolling the tire, he goes he goes, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I look at the tire on the inside, and it's these these. I mean, the fucking wheels are expensive, and it's got a big dent in it. And that's that's what happened. Is you know, he, he rolled fucking, over? Yeah, he ran into something. Bigger yeah. than he thought he was taking on. And he and he said, he goes, I really fucked that up, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and and I started laughing. And then he looked over at the guy that was there. He goes, yeah, that, I really made a big mistake. And I looked at him. I said, no, no. Your first assessment was yeah. correct. No, you fucked up. And, and he started laughing. And then like we had to do, there was a couple of other things. Because the guy, the guy had a, um, uh, instead of using our thing to fill up right. the air. He had it on the truck. Well, no, he, he had a car and he had one that you could plug into the uh, the uh, uh, the cigarette lighter, oh, which okay. is not a cigarette lighter, the charge port. Right. And the guy had to, to, to drag all the shit that was in his little cubby hole where the charge port was. And he's getting mad. He's like, motherfucker, goddamn. <laughs> this guy's got to be like 80, 85 years old. Right. He's just like, motherfucker, this fucking thing, you know? And right. I'm just, I'm laughing, you know? And I, he's not mad at me or anything. He's just fucking annoyed now because right. he's got to do this. And the, and the guy outside won't use our air pump, which all I have to do is just go in and press a button. Right. You know? That's the kind of guy where if you actually, get to know him like he's like i was shitting in a hole before you were born in vietnam <laughs> yeah <laughs> and wiping my ass on my socks <laughs> yeah so yeah morning radio sucks yeah it's it's fucking it's fucking terrible and you know i mean look people are people can listen to this show and say the same exact thing you know oh you guys just want to all you want to do is just you know say the f word and this and that well this is freedom Right. I can say whatever I want when I want. And if I annoy you, whatever. I don't I don't have to listen. Don't listen. I don't believe in, you know, if you want to cancel me, go ahead. Right. That's great. I'll just post up another podcast. I right. don't care. Don't listen. Okay. So here's the alternative. So, and I've talked to you about this. The only things that I am aware of, I'm aware of many things, but the only things that I've spent any time looking at are Howard Stern, since Sirius, and I know a little bit about him, and then Joe Rogan. Yeah. I actually started getting more out of the Joe Rogan content as far as enjoyment because for me the uh, the Howard I would search out the Howard Stern interviews uh-huh. and if it wasn't that because I had an opportunity uh, many times to listen to uh, it even in real time uh, on Sirius right right but when he gets into his whole other thing that's not an interview which is his actual show. It wasn't that much fun for me. So Joe Rogan's show is always an interview. He's always he's always featuring somebody as a guest spot, right? Yeah. And so I've and I how many how many cats do you think Joe Rogan has? Hundreds. Cats. Cat. cat how many cats do you think Joe Rogan has? None. Not that much pussy. Oh, cat. Casts. Cats. Cats. <laughs> How many how many features do you think Joe Rogan has? How many shows do you think he's recorded? Well, oh, uh, hundreds. Yeah, thousands. A thousands. Do you think thousands? Yeah. Well, he was doing this before it was really Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And you know, and, and it was it was like a video thing, and he was just kind of having fun with it, and then okay. he t- he made it serious, and he um, did make it serious. Yeah. And and this is what this this is what we got now. So I think he's got like twelve hundred shows. Huh. Because so I I can't seem to find that. Are they f- all on Spotify now? They're all on Spotify. Okay. You can anything that wasn't. I don't know how many are on uh, YouTube, but mm-hmm. there are a couple on YouTube. But they're all numbered. 
So you can just all you have to do is look up Joe Rogan. And this podcast. guy will go on for three hours sometimes with a guest. Have you have you listened that long? Uh, a few of them I have. How many have you listened to? Quite a few of, of his interviews. Yeah. What stands out to you? Joe's ability to just be Joe. Yeah. You know, I don't care what anybody else says, and he repeats himself and this and that. His ability to get into a discussion with one of my favorite discussions was with David's David Miscavige's father. Now, Miscavige is uh, the head of Scientology, and his oh, father really? had to escape Scientology. That entire discussion about that particular subject mm-hmm. was riveting. Because, you know, you get into all the conspiracy, you get into being followed and, and you know, threatened and this and that and the other thing and, and talking about the book. But him, um, anything with Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, I, of course, uh, he had Jim Norton on, he's had Anthony Cumia on, and there's a, there's a whole bunch of others that he's done that to me, uh, what was the other one? Uh, David... Um, Joe's going to kill me for this. Area 51, that guy? No, 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 oh. not that guy. Uh, uh, he wrote a book. God damn it, he's a Marine. It'll come to me in a minute. All right. Uh, is it David? David Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah, this guy is fucking intense. David Goggins is a guy that has tried, he, uh, he's Special Forces, uh, was a Green Beret, Army, he tried, I think he may have been Army Ranger. Uh, he's a SEAL. Yeah, Tactical Air Con. And... He he was trying to go for all four branches of special forces, hmm. and it took him like three tries to become a Navy SEAL. He's he's an intense dude, and he's he's just got this weird mind. He's got this fucking amazingly weird mindset, and then I I stress amazing and de-stress weird because it's an amazing mindset that's weird. That pain is just you know fleeting, and he he was when he was growing up. He was a fat kid and people would make fun of him and he was going nowhere in his life. And then one day, just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do this. And it got to the point where like he was lifting weights. This is this is one one story of uh, this interview that Goggins was doing with Rogan. So he was having joint pain mm-hmm. and it was intense joint pain, hips, legs, knees, shoulders, everything. Just just bad, bad pain. And he couldn't get he was on all these pills. And, you know, for, for whatever reason, and, you know, he wasn't doing drugs or anything else like that, but he was taking like fucking Advil and, and whatever else that the doctors prescribed for him. And they couldn't figure out why he was continually having all this pain and MRIs and yada, yada, yada. And it got to the point where they did a skeletal structure of him and his, his, his body mass. And it comes to find, come to find out that he's a six foot two. He's my, he's my height. Six, two, 190 pounds, 46 years old. And... His muscle structure was built for him. So the way that his muscles are, are, are set on his body, because he was lifting weights so much, was crushing his, his skeleton. Hmm. He had the muscle mass of a five foot seven guy in a six foot two body. Huh. So that's, and that's what was going on is that his muscles were so compacted that basically, you know, five inches. Right? Right. He's crushing himself. Yeah, he's crushing himself to death with his muscle mass. Wired. So what he had to do is he had to learn how to fix that with yoga. So he he does that. He stretches like one to two hours a day. Huh. Like, I don't know how he has time to do anything else. I don't have time to do that. But he does that. He stretches for one to two hours a day. He owns like a world record for for pull-ups. Huh. You know, he, he did like 52 million pull-ups in, in 24 hours or some shit like that. And he's done it more than once. Um, he's he's a marathon runner. Uh, he's he's done some of the most, you know, insane. Uh, 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 what is it? There's, there's one that they do. Uh, it's called the Death Valley Run, hmm. which is like 120 miles or some shit like that. He's done. But they do that all over the world. And he's done multiples of those runs. And the first time that he did it, he was told the guy that wanted, he calls this guy up that, that, that gets the race set up. And he was like, no, you're not ready for this. Go run, go run a couple of marathons and figure out what it's like. So he goes and runs a couple of marathons. He's like, oh, this is fucking easy. And he calls up the guy. He's like, I'm ready to do this. And the first time he does it, he fails miserably. Wow. You know, he, he finishes, but he's just, he's, he's a fucking wreck. And the guy goes, I told you to go and learn how to run. I didn't say go do the marathons. And this, this is what the guy is telling him. Right. And I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not, this is not exact words. But essentially, this is what he said to Goggins is, you didn't listen to what I told you. You heard, if you do this, then I'll let you run. I, what I said was, learn how to run, and then I'll see if you are 
ready to do this. Right. And I thought that you had you had listened to the words that I told you because it's going to take time. This this shit is not easy. And we're talking like two hundred miles of running, right? Oh, fuck. You know, in fucking terrain, up and down hills, and this and that. So David Goggins said, "Well, what do you mean learn how to do this?" And and the guy took him step by step. This is how you have to prepare. This is how you have to do it. You can't just go out and fucking run. Yeah, you can run 26 miles all you want. You Obviously, you've done that. You've done like four marathons. This is like six of those in one shot. Right. So it's different running. It's different everything. It's different preparation. And if you're not ready for that, you can't do this. You right. can't just go with that mindset like you normally have of I'm going to conquer it because it's going to conquer you. Completely different circumstances. It, exactly. And yeah. Goggins took that to heart. And he, well, you know, obviously he doesn't get pissed off about it because the guy's telling him you didn't listen. So now you have to listen. And, and until you do, you never are going to accomplish you know, if you don't read the directions, you can't accomplish. So Rogan has them on. Yeah. They, so they, Rogan has done. They these must interviews. have chopped it up pretty good because he's all into you know karate and all the things he's jujitsu and uh, stuff w, like that. What is it? The yeah, he's into uh, MMA. He commentates for that. Yep. Um, is Rogan a good interviewer? Yeah. You think he's so? Really good. I, I I will agree with you because you know he'll get somebody on there and he'll ask him a question and he'll let them. Alex Ross, though. Do I have that right? Who's the InfoWars guy? Uh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. So that that interview made me so nervous I had to turn it off because Alex Jones is... And I, I had to look up who he was, but it was suggested to me that I listened to it. That guy is tweaked the fuck out. Like, he can't stay on one subject. He's all over the place. And Joe had to shut him down and go, like, look, please talk about one thing at a time. Yeah, you, you gotta know? focus. That guy's fucking... He was fun at the beginning, and then he... This is uh, it's the Andrew Dice Clay problem. This is what I call it. So it's the it's the uh, it's it's the Dice Clay factor. So Andrew Dice Clay's character, Andrew Dice Clay. Right. So his name is Andrew Silverstein. Right. Andrew Dice Clay is his character, and this character was formed at the beginning of his career. Uh, he was like a persona. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing you know uh, impressions of John Travolta and Rocky, and you know that that was the Italian guy, right? Right. From New York. Or from New Jersey or from the Bronx or whatever. That's, that's, I'm over here now, right? Right. You know, uh, hickory dickory doc. Right. And, right. and then he, he saw other comedians doing this stuff and he started stealing from other comedi comedians. <laughs> Literally, he stole from Otto and George, like right. all Otto and George, who's a puppet show, you know, a dirty, fucking filthy, awesome guys, Otto and George, Otto Peters. He's, he's dead now. He died of meningitis of all things, but, um, Otto, Otto and George was this dirty puppet show, right. you know, ventriloquist show, and he would do dirty limericks. <laughs> and and one of the dirty limericks was the Hickory Dickory Dock thing. Uh, <laughs> the Mother Goose, uh, old Mother Hubbard lived in, you know, uh, yeah, old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her old dog a bone. Right, right. The, that bitch bent over. The rover took over and, and got she a got a bone of her own, yeah. right? And so he fucking stole that from Otto and George. And I'm not saying, look, it, it's, it, it happened. And Otto and George, are, Otto was okay with it. He's like, fuck it. You know, if he's going to take it, at least give me credit for it. But he didn't give him credit for it. Right. And that's what, that's the stickler for that whole thing is right. if you're going to take from somebody and then they, and that person says, well, you're doing it better than I am, you know? Yeah. Fine. Then, you know, you do it. And then this persona of Andrew Dice Clay just took over and now it's, how he is. And that's the same with Alex Jones. It started off with, you know, I'm going to do conspiracy theories and this and that and the other thing. Hi, I'm Alex Jones. How you doing? Right. right? And it's just tweaked out. And yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, we got a big old conspiracy theory today, 9-11, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I that's could, how he talks too. Like, how do you fucking talk like this? How do you sound like Scott Farrell? Right. I couldn't stop laughing on the dice thing. My buddy in high school, Matt Burquist, was like, you got to listen to this guy. And he loved him, right? So it's like one of his cassette tapes of one of his comedy things, right? And it wasn't there the, was nobody that didn't like. Well, it, and it wasn't the like you know, uh, it wasn't the old mother Hubbard or any of that kind of shit. He, so yeah. he's t doing this once. <laughs> he's doing this skit. Like I think it opened up with it like on side B of the cassette. He's like, "I'm in the bank line and I got my tongue up this chick's ass." Whoa! <laughs> I was like, "Who the yeah. fuck is this guy? So How do you even say that?" So I'm online at the bank and this chick is in front of me. Yeah. I got my tongue up her ass. I got my ass. tongue up her ass. Whoa. 
<laughs> I was like, who is this? Like taking George Carlin to a whole new level, right? Yeah. And and then you have somebody like Anthony Cumia who does Andrew Dice Clay. I, I got to see this. I don't want to play this one. Right. I'll play a different one. Yeah. So, Colin Quinn. Yeah. Hi, hi, I'm Colin Quinn. How you doing? <laughs> Anthony, we got our Dr. Steve so, one in front of us. That's what this uh, is open, we Anthony. want to do after the break. Oh. Our Christmas right. gifts are coming in, Colin. Every day we get we it's, get. It's like when I do Norm Macdonald. I just channel Norm That's Macdonald. Right. No, you do great at it. Yeah, he does the same thing with fucking Andy Dice Clay. A bottle of wine. Oh. This is a guy that has tried year after year to send us wine, and we've done nothing That's but Anthony. lambast him right. over his horrid selections. At least now he's sending wine that he bought and not his own homebrew bath of wine. And he's Colin, horrid selections. Well, we, yeah, yeah, usually. Well, Two dirtbags from Suffolk County know about fucking wine. <laughs> <laughs> wine yeah. Well, that's why, Colin, you're right. We go to wine.com. Wine.com. Ah, if, if this isn't a $50 bottle of wine. Right. And let me tell you Online, something. by the way, you know, you know. This is classic Opie, by the way. Oh, what? To get a gift of wine. And I never would have thought to go to wine.com to see how much they spent on it. Right. <laughs> I've thrown a lot of bottles away over the years. <laughs> so but sometimes I thought, you know, I used to work in a liquor store. I used to be a oh. clerk at a liquor store. Oh, where? And, uh, Please give us a town. Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. And, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. So anyway, uh, but no, but it was Paul Slow. Hi, I'm, I'm Colin Quinn. <laughs> so, but anyway, Go fuck yourself. I started to see the wines and all the different wine people would come in. There'd be some wine people and, and you know, you they, wine they people. bottles of wine and sometimes the best ones. Yeah, That's what it's they all about say. Uh, I'm a friend but, of Jerry. Uh, Jerry, so Jerry Seinfeld. You're going to get out of your scar. And there's a lady. That's all she does is show you the cheaper wines. And they go, this is just as good, but no one knows about it. So we can't charge $100 a I bottle. I want to be the guy whatever. that goes, it's like everything else. It's like <laughs> everything else. But you know what, Colin? That, yeah, I'm He's the, got that fucking voice, man. He's got it. I'm still, yeah. about, I'm still about wine.com, and this better be fucking some, right. some cash. I've noticed Colin Quinn used to do uh, the weekend update for Saturday Live. Oh, okay. Man, I'm Colin Quinn. I'm doing the weekend update for, uh, for Saturday Live. Wasn't it Norm McDonald, too, at one point? Hey, I'm Colin Quinn. Hey, uh, Norm McDonald. Hey, how you doing, Norm? Where's What the hell? Timed out. Nouveau Region. Austin Tejas and Nuvo Reach. It's like, how much it cost? <laughs> you guys are like those fucking mob guys that are like, it's very classy. Hey. It's a fine cognac. It's all about class over here on Long <laughs> Who's the guy It's all about class. class. Who's the guy on the it's left? That's class. Colin Quinn. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you something. Do you like wine? <laughs> I love an occasional glass of wine. <laughs> I sit down and drink it. With my hooves. <laughs> with my hooves. <laughs> with my hooves. Hey, uh, give me the expensive, expensive <laughs> bottle, Kenny. Kenny. Get the whore. Just pour grape juice in the dog bowl. <laughs> For that I bitch. I already fucked up. Uh, He's uh, nailing uh, the enunciation. Drink my goo. Drink it's my goo. Ditch. It's got Can't nice be. legs. He's got pump. nice legs. I got wine for you. Have a little French bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I haven't listened to this much. Fucking dice. Fucking dice. I'm a wine connoisseur. Connoisseur. Kind of sewer. Breaking news, they're taking the search dogs back out to that beach on Long Island. Oh, that that means bodies. they might feel like they have See, some more bodies. They might. See, and this is why. Let me explain oh, to you why I am armed. I am an armed, legally armed citizen. You're not a chick. You don't have to worry about the serial no, killer. No, chicks don't worry about other chicks dig me. Chicks dig me. serial killer. People are after me. <laughs> after me. <laughs> now you love Ford so Fairlane. Uh, yeah, he's great. Penthouse, penthouse, penthouse pet of the year. Yeah, she's fantastic. I bet that I made a couple of brownies. Did that, that movie make money? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Went on a date with. That's what? right. That wasn't a year already. Oh, yeah, it was, was cold. It cold? They met after that. How was the date? I think it was. No, I think it was hubba hubba. <laughs> hey Dice, how was your date? <laughs> hey, it was nice. She was a real nice hooah. <laughs> Uh, very sweet, cute. She was a nice whore. My cup of tea. My cup of tea. I took her home. A glitch, a glitch. A whack a bag. A whack a bag. A pinch the helmet. I got mine. Get yours. Well, so what was... some banana juice with you. What was the significance of the thing he used to do where he'd light the cigarette and then reach around? Uh, was that just a gimmick thing? Yeah, it was just fucking gimmick. Anyways, there's... 
There's there's Anthony right there. Have you ever had a guy not be able to get a rod on film? Because they say struggling. He's struggling. He's struggling. Yes. Is that what they could say? He's struggling. struggling. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> He's, He's struggling. My cock would be like a fucking, it would be like a jacket button. <laughs> watching me. That's Jim Norton. <laughs> jacket button. I would be in disastrous shape. <laughs> How funny is this? This it is, is just I'm gonna, minutes. I'm going to look it up. Like distractions, no. huh? There was a fucking union crew that wanted to go to lunch. <laughs> so just get the angle so we can go eat. All right. All right. All right, Jimmy, we need you on set over here. Uh, the girl's in the bed. All right, take it. Could you get that thing going? He's struggling, everyone. He's struggling. Don't look. I'd have to jerk it with my thumb and pointer finger. <laughs> Can't, uh, you... <laughs> Can't you do dice directing on the megaphone? <laughs> hey, Jimmy, where's your fucking rod? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Hey, Collins Day. <laughs> I'm looking up. Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Uh, it, it gives me pleasure to give back to Colin, of course, of the Helen Hayes Theater. Wonderful fucking Broadway play. Long story short, get tickets now. At uh, you, you buy them off the street somewhere. I don't... <laughs> All right, listeners. So between uh, our podcast, if you get a break in there, we're waiting for the new episode. We we, we will allow it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what it comes down to is you get you have these guys doing these personas that these personas actually just take over and they don't they don't know they just it just slowly seeps into their psyche and it becomes it they become a farce right you know you know they're talking about um, the Adventures of Ford Fairlane there was something there was another movie that he was in that I had seen prior to it it was with uh, Leah Thompson and let's look it up. Yeah, uh, um, he was fucking phenomenal as an actor just in that. Uh, where do you learn how to type? Casual sex. That's where uh, you learned? Yeah. Um, I've always known how to type. Oh. My dad taught me. Okay. But it was, it was, a, it was a movie with uh, Victoria Jackson and Leah Casual, Thompson. Casual sex. Yeah. And it's not a great movie, but Andrew Dice Clay in that movie plays this character. He plays Andrew Dice Clay. And then it's he's putting on a front, and then finally someone calls him out on it and says, look, you need to knock it off. Stop acting like a douche, like douche. this New York douche. <laughs> and like two-thirds of the movie, he starts acting like, you know, Andrew Silverstein, which is normal. Hey, I'm sorry. Right. It's just a, it's just an act I put on. A normal defensive, guy. You know, a defensive thing. And he was great. He was his his character. His acting was great. He's a good actor. He he's a fucking great actor. Right. And then he did Ford Fairlane, and you know he puts on the Andrew Dice Clay. Three three hundred bucks. You they you, blew me. Three hundred bucks. <laughs> you for some reason when I was ranting last night on our we listeners we have a podcast messenger app <laughs> that's only for us. <laughs> And I rant to Joe, and I rant to Mike, and I said I was watching uh, the my Mike cousin Stallion? Vinny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, uh, "What's what's the gal in that Italian Jew white I said, trash?" Dress- I said she looks like when Ace Freely goes grocery shopping. Yeah. I said she looks like She's uh, wearing that fucking. Jacket. I said she looks like a uh, Italian Jew trash from New Jersey. You love that one. <laughs> Because it nailed it. it that's yeah. exactly the character that she's playing. Right. And then you're like, you know, well, maybe not trash. I was like, no, she's a Jewish American princess with, with that Italian right. overtone, you know, more Italian. She's actually an Italian American princess, but. Right. And then like, it's just perfect because she's got the red lipstick on. Yeah. And they go into like the diner. Yeah. And she's drinking like a Diet Coke out of a glass with a straw and then the lipstick's all over the straw. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Jew. Italian Jewish trash from New Jersey. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And they're and they're both like that. And, oh, and yeah, you know. he and so Pesci's got on like black Levi's and boots, a black dress shirt halfway unbuttoned, a black leather jacket with lapels, yeah, and cowboy boots with the little silver things on the. T- I was like, it's Hood Moon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's and what's so great about that character is yeah. you know is you, you Pesci. I've seen Pesci in life, in real life, and he dresses like that. yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Am I a, yeah. am I really an attorney or not? Yeah. <laughs> I can help you out. And there. she's like, I don't know, but what? I really want this jacket. It's five hundred dollars. <laughs> what are you trying to fool me with that fucking rolled up little, <laughs> with that rolled up money? Right. And he has like a fucking nineteen sixty two Cadillac, and he pulls up, and it's all dirty. Yeah. And 
You're telling me that's a bunch of 20s? That's really just one 20 rolled up on a bunch of ones? That's Don't pretty, fuck with me. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You take me for some fool? I can't. You, you I know, can't do you know what else was funny about that? I'm all, uh, do a high I'm all Cobra Kai's in this? Yeah. Daniel's son? Yeah, Nacho's pretty good in it, too. And he still looks like he's like 15, but he was probably like 38 at the time or something. Yeah. Yeah. How old is that guy? Uh, like maybe he's, 10. He's my age. Yeah. 50. Yeah, yeah. Give or take. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the the entire cast, even Herman Munster was the what? I know. The two Utes. Herman Munster. The two what? Right. Utes. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> the two youths. <laughs> Are you mocking me, sir? Is that one of his no, last? No, I am not mocking you, Judge. That's got to be one of his last roles, right? Uh, yeah, that was one of his last. Yeah. Roles. He died a couple. He he I died like I in the nineties, like ninety one, ninety two, and because I had seen Car Fifty Four, yeah, uh, with Buster Poindexter and uh, um, John C. McGinley, yeah, and he obviously he was in Car Fifty Four, the original TV series, and Joe was asking why why he wasn't in that movie. And I was just like, I don't know. And we've come to find out that like, that was two years before he died. So he had done pet cemetery and he probably just didn't want to do it because it was just too much for him. Hmm. So yeah, no, it, um, great actor. Yeah. Herman Munster. fucking prime broke one day this week. We had to get a universal remote, which is working out great, but fucking Amazon prime wouldn't turn on. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh fuck. And I'm on Netflix. Right. And yeah. I'm like, I, I'm like, fuck this and then cameron my fucking son. amazon prime i'm gonna go kill myself oh per- netflix is working didn't i tell you that i was like i think i have to kill myself prime won't work oh i'm okay now and then i oh you know what i started watching was mystery men but yeah that's another thing but, i love this movie uh casanova frankenstein yeah which is is that jeffrey is name. that jeffrey rush yes weren't we just talking about him uh not we, jeffrey rush but we were talking about jeffrey rush because i was telling you uh i like him as peter sellers Oh, I, that's right. Am right, I right, fucking right, up? Right. Same no. guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He does some... I w- couldn't get into that Peter Sellers movie, and I love Peter Sellers, and I wanted to... I, I specifically... When that came out, I was just like, I got to watch this fucking movie, and I saw it, and I was, for lack of a better term, Bored. disappointed. Bored. No, uh, yeah, but di- more disappointed. Let down. Yeah. Let down. Because it just... It, it didn't really go into a lot of Peter Sellers movies it didn't it, it, it just it kind of just hit on some of the stuff right like there, i remember one scene where and this is the one scene that will always get me it's kind of like the exorcist scene where he's walking up to this door it's like a cabin maybe it was a hotel mm-hmm. and there's snow on the ground i think yeah and it's it's kind of like near the end of the movie and uh and that's exactly what i thought when i saw it. i was like this is this is a this is right <laughs> come on tongue you can do it right <laughs> Right out of feel fucking shame. Exorcist, man. If Joe's here, he's like, feel shame. Yeah, feel yeah. shame. Feel shame. Um, okay, now I'm digressing into this. So Peter Sellers, for me, uh, Dr. Strange Love or Glove or, or How I Learned to Love the Bomb, he plays three different parts in that. Peter Sellers does. Right. And I, th- I think it's like probably one of the best, like, how do you do that? You know, like, it's perfect. And they make light of that in the movie, too, the... What is it? The life and death of Peter Sellers, played by Jeffrey Rush, and I really yeah. enjoyed it. But I don't know lots about Peter Sellers. But it's making me think of this. Why is it? And tell me if you agree with this. Let's pick a great director. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it easy and say Kubrick, right? For me, some of the best stuff I've watched. Walter but, Hill. Okay, but for me with Kubrick, there's a whole bunch of movies in there, mostly from the early part of his career that I don't give a fuck about. Lolita. For instance, yeah. I was like, I was like, I'll watch this because Peter Sellers is in it, and I can't even get started on it. Uh, the war epic movie he did, or didn't he do Spartacus too, or or one of those? <laughs> Between um, a bad clan. I'm looking up uh, and. Uh... It's it's a movie quote. Don't tell me I don't know the difference between a bad clam and a good clam. Yeah, meet me down at the drunken clam. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's a movie quote where it said, where the guy is, and I think it's from The Exorcist. Yeah. Where the guy is screaming, but it sounds like Brian Cox. Brian, yeah, it may not be Brian Cox. Where the guy is yelling, "Don't tell me the difference between a bad clam and a family that's, you know." And then think, and in I, The Exorcist. Yeah. Which cut? And I don't know why it's focusing on fucking actual clams. We're not getting it. It's not this. It's not that. Anyways, go move, go on with your story. Well, t- give me an example of a director that you like every single movie by. 
I um, bet you can't do it. Uh, hmm. It may be Damien Omen. Uh, of every movie? I'm saying that you can't give me one director that you like every single thing. That's Well, yes, I can. Okay. George Lucas. Really? Huh? Okay, I'm going to challenge you on that. American Graffiti 2. He didn't direct that. More American Graffiti. He did. No, he didn't. He didn't? Nope. He just produced it? Yep. I thought he was contractually obligated to put that one out. He did not direct it. He produced it. Oh, okay. I may be wrong. That's why I'm looking it up. Uh, boop. But I believe that they hired somebody because he wasn't going to do it and he stood his ground. So you like Willow? <laughs> yeah. Really? Love Willow. It's a great you? movie. Although he didn't direct it. Again, Ron Howard. Oh, that's right. But if you want to say produced movies, then that's a whole different story. Because he produced... I'm talking it. about behind the camera. Uh, American Graffiti. That's a great movie. Come on. So you know the part in the beginning where the... <laughs> I, f- I forget the character's name, but he's pulling up on the moped. Um, and he crashes. He kind of like crashes the moped. Yeah, what's his, that's uh, Charles Martin Smith. So that was a that was a real take, like probably the first take. And he's like, oh, I fucked up. And they're like, no, it's great. And they've kept it in the movie. It, or it may have been Ron Howard. No, it's him. Oh, come on. This is not that difficult. And then the, the gal driving around in the T-Bird, you know who it is, right? Cindy Williams. WKRP in Cincinnati. Same thing. Lonnie Anderson. I think it's Lonnie Anderson. I know Cindy Williams was in it. Uh, directed by Bill Norton. Is oh, okay. So I was wrong. It's okay. But it was uh, produced by Howard, Cass and Jen, who also produced a bunch of other stuff for Lucas. So another interesting fact, the guy who crashes the moped. What's his name? Charles Martin Smith. He directed a movie called Trick or Treat. Have you ever seen it? Uh-huh. And it's got Skippy from Family Ties. Yep. Do you like that movie? Mm, nope. Why? Uh, it doesn't say true. Are you sure? I think so. Okay, go, Let's go. Let's directing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Trick or Treat for Dino De Laurentiis. I love that movie. You don't like that movie? I. It's campy, it's cheesy, and it's good. I don't hate it. Yeah. I just, it's Dino De Laurentiis, so it's it's up there with like Air Bud. Air know? Bud. It, 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 it fucking exists. He did, now dude, I'm, now dude I'm let down. Air Bud. I mean, he's got fucking Disney money, so. Now I'm let down. Whatever. You know, more power to him. Yeah. But he, I, I've. I like Charles Martin Smith. I think he's a fucking great, great actor. He's, he's just funny. He, I, I think he's a great actor. I'm going to yeah. stand with it. Oh, he's in Psych. That's right. Psych. And Fringe and Kingdom Hospital and all this other shit. But uh, he is... Um, Cindy Williams. Yeah. There's Cindy Williams. Was Laverne and Shirley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to see if... Uh, there's Su- Oh, you mean Suzanne... I think... Oh, you meant Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. is. Okay. Well, who did I, I say? Uh, Lonnie. Yeah, uh, we were thinking off. Lonnie Anderson. That's why, yeah. And then Terry McGovern was in a bunch of stuff. Harrison Ford, obviously. But it's just weird that Sidney Williams was one of the main actors yeah. of everything. And of course, you have Wolfman Jack. Mackenzie Phillips. Poor girl. Yep. Rough life. Really rough life. Was she on the uh, celebrity rehab thing? I don't know. I think so. Uh, I don't see it here. Oh, that's stage. Um, you know, I mean, she's she did one day at a time, so it's, it, you may one be right. One day at a time, people. Seventh heaven. Her. She's. I mean, she's been working every fucking year since 1973, so. Wow. Jesus Christ. I don't see celebrity rehab. Maybe but I got her crossed up with somebody else. She, I, she may have been on celebrity But wasn't rehab. she like a drugs girl at one point? Oh, God, yeah. She yeah. Was, she was a cokehead. I think she had a thing going with her. Well, I think her her dad had a thing going with her, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of incest in yeah. that family. Yeah. The mamas and the papas, man. What do you expect? Right. A lot of weird shit. The mamas and the papas, really? Yep. Did I ever tell you that joke? What if Karen Carpenter and Mama Cass shared a sandwich? <laughs> they might both still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just, here we go. Karen Carpenter would have puked it into Mama Fed's mouth. <laughs> Fed her like a baby bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, she's the half-sister of uh, Bayou Phillips and China Phillips. Her dad is John Phillips, who is a singer of the Mamas and the Papas. Hmm. And his first wife, Susan Stewart Adams. So, yeah, without getting into it, but yeah. look, Valerie Bertinelli. Valerie Bertinelli. So, doesn't look too bad. That was yeah, 2008. That's 2008. So... White teeth. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, has, she has enough money to be able to uh, do that. Yeah. So... Oh, she was gorgeous. She's pretty when she's yeah. growing up. She's, she had the doll face back then, huh? Yeah. She, uh, what do you call it? Cupid doll? Yeah. yeah. She was pretty good in American Graffiti. I thought she played the socks up to her knee part pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This, the, the I, at one point, like American Graffiti had the record for the biggest. 
per screen average for a movie, really? which was like a hundred thousand dollars per screen. Yeah, and then this movie made fucking an ass load of money. So I was. It made it's made more hundred. I was million. watching that just to catch up on it again recently, and you know how you go down and it shows you movies like that. Yeah, Hollywood Nights. I haven't seen that movie in ages. And I and they're like, so then I start reading about it, and they're like, okay, so the guy uh, Tony Danza's in it, yeah. and I forget who Angela. Else. And they're like, this is a. <laughs> they're all this is a cheap. Hi, it's Tony Danza. You're right. They're like, this is a cheap ripoff of American Graffiti. And I'm like, well, I, I I'm gonna spend the dollar ninety nine and find out. And I I cracked up. That movie is funny as shit to me. I was entertained by it. I was like, what's wrong with this movie? It doesn't suck. Surprisingly. No. It has kind of like a Fast Times at Ridgemont High merged with American Graffiti kind of feel to it. You know what I mean? It's, it's right before, right when I did Taxi. I can't do fucking Tony Danza. Yeah. Do you like Danza? Uh, eh. You know what I like him in? Did you see that movie with... Uh, My talk show. Uh... So the guy's addicted to porn, and it's the kid from Third Rock from the Sun or whatever. Yeah, Don John. Yeah, and then so Tony Danza's the father, and they're sitting at the table, and and uh, Don John's like, fuck you. And Tony Danza's like, did you say fuck you to me? <laughs> and he like stands up, and they're both wearing wife beaters. <laughs> and they both get all stiff, and then the mom's like, stop it! <laughs> uh, once again, the <laughs> New York <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Italian... <laughs> yeah. Not Jew, probably Catholic. <laughs> Don't you get into it with me. Did you say fuck Don't you to you me? Don't you get into it with me. Did you say fuck you to me? <laughs> Did you say fuck you to me? Right. So George Lucas does American Graffiti, and it fucking banks $140 million at the box office when it opens up. It's a $100 million film in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> so multiply, George, multiply that times six for now. George Lucas is fucking beyond wealthy at this point. And then he has a problem selling Star Wars. Like nowadays, if you fucking if you're a director and you do your own thing and yeah. you, and your movie comes in under budget and on time for like a million dollars and you bankroll a hundred and forty million dollar film and you're all of a sudden like I want to do my own film, I want to do another film, the fucking studio would fall all over itself. Right. right. But no. You know, and this comes out in 73, and then four years later, he he's having problems with fucking 20th Century Fox giving him $10 million, Ex even yeah. though even though his fucking movie is a billion dollar. You're talking hit. about the first Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Are you reading about that? Have you gotten that far into it? Uh, I know most about, uh, I know you already, a lot about You already know anyways, it, like Star Wars stressed him out so bad, he like almost had a nervous breakdown doing the first one. Yeah, he quit. Yeah. He essentially quit making, uh, directing films, and he wanted to be a director. Yeah. So um, I'm up to the part where he's he's just starting the the seed for uh, he's getting the seed for uh, TX 1138. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of skipped through all that. I started at so, Star Wars, uh, but yeah, it's not it's not too bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where else can we go with this shit. I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you want to talk about? We're we're done with morning radio. I mean, that's a solved subject. I don't know. Let's just call it a night. All right. Get you out of here so you can go home and All right. fucking take a nap. Hey, Joe. We'll see you next week, huh? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Hopefully you come in. Feel shame. All right. <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>